Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Tuesday, everyone. Yesterday, we began to look at the three greatest things that we could possess. And we found that they are not tangible, but they are intangible. They are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. And it says, Now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. These three words are the foundation of our Christian walk. These are the greatest things that we can possess. Faith, hope, and love. When you understand the principles and the teachings behind these words, it will revolutionize your life. These are foundation stones that must be laid. We said yesterday that faith produces our position in Christ. Hope determines our disposition It brings us the mind of Christ. And love is the exposition of Christ's life through us. So these words represent the totality of Christ working within us. It starts with faith. It moves through hope. And finally expresses itself in love. Now yesterday we said that we are not saved because of our condition, but because of our position. Where we are placed determines our salvation. Now, what do we mean by this? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We are not saved because of our good works. We are saved by grace through faith. Our faith repositions us into Christ. Now let me give you a little background behind this before we go on and see how faith is the active element that brings this about. But first we need to understand what God has done in order for us to be saved. Now let me say something to you that many people do not realize. God only sees two men in the world. He sees the first Adam And he sees Jesus, who is called the second Adam. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 45 says this, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Goes on to say in verse 47, The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. The scripture says that the first man here was Adam, and the second Adam was Jesus, the Lord from heaven. And it also says here that the second man is the last Adam. So if there's the first Adam and the second Adam, and the second Adam is the last Adam, well then there's only two men. God sees two people in the world. He sees Adam and all those that have descended from Adam, And he sees Jesus Christ and all of those that are within Christ. 
Now follow me here because this is very, very important for you to understand the nature of your salvation and how faith is the active element to change our position from the first Adam to the second Adam. Now let's just look at this for a moment. Why is Christ called the second Adam? Well, first of all, like Adam, his existence on earth began outside the ordinary course of nature. I mean, Adam wasn't born, he was created. He was formed from the earth and God breathed into him the breath of life. Now, similarly, Jesus' beginning was outside the ordinary course of nature. He was born of a virgin. He did not have an earthly father. Galatians says that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. There was a miracle that took place here. A woman had seed within herself. There was a miracle of conception here. Mary became pregnant without knowing a man. God used her womb to bring forth the second Adam. Now, the second thing about Jesus was, like Adam, his life began on earth without any trace of sin. Adam was created sinless and was placed in the garden. Jesus, being born from the Virgin Mary, was born sinless. He did not have any trace of sin upon himself. Now, the third reason Christ is called the second Adam was that Adam was created in full fellowship with God. I mean, the scripture says that God came down and walked with him in the cool of the evening and he communed with Adam. And similarly, Jesus, all of his life, was in communion with God through the Holy Spirit. The fourth reason why Christ is called the second Adam was that just like Adam, he had a nature capable of temptation. Adam was tempted by the serpent and he succumbed to it. Now Jesus had a similar nature. In the flesh, he was just a man and he was subject to temptation. It says that Satan took him into the wilderness and he tempted him there for 40 days. Another verse says that Jesus was tempted in all points such as we, yet without sin. But the very reason that he could be tempted shows us that he could have sinned, but he never. Now, the fifth reason why Christ is called the second Adam was just like Adam, his life would have a momentous and ongoing influence on all mankind. I mean, Adam was our natural father. We still have actually part of the DNA in us that was in Adam in the beginning. He's our natural father. But here's the important thing. Christ starts a new seed, a spiritual seed. And it says in these verses in 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 49, And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, the second Adam. Now, if God only sees two men, he sees Adam, who has sinned, and the penalty of his sin hangs over all of our heads. But he also sees Christ, who is sinless, who is well-pleasing to him and acceptable. Now, I want you to hear how Romans chapter 5 speaks to this. It says in verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, speaking about Adam here, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. 
Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. In other words, he said, not everyone may have sinned the same degree as Adam did, but death still spread to us all because we were born from that first Adam. But notice verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, this is Adam, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. What is Paul telling us here? He's saying, because Adam came into this world and sinned, we all became sinners and we all die. First, it brought physical death, but more seriously, it brought spiritual death. We all have been separated from God. And so this is the case of everyone in the world that comes from the first Adam. This judgment of sin hangs over us all. But the scripture says that there is another Adam who has come, one who is sinless, one who was not in that lineage of the first Adam. He came as the second Adam. He came without sin, and he withstood the temptations of the enemy, and he did not sin. And as a result of that, he did not have to die. Jesus did not have to die for his own sins. That's why he could die for my sins. Listen. I can't die for anybody else's sins. I have to die for my own sins. But Jesus could die for my sins because he didn't have any sins of his own. In fact, he took the sins of the entire world upon his body and died on the cross. Now, why does that one act save us all? Well, this portion of scripture tells us. If by one man and by his act of disobedience, we all became sinners, the scripture says here, Jesus, by his obedience and his righteousness could now die one death that would make us all righteous and heirs of salvation. Do you see it? The first Adam died and we all became sinners. The second Adam, Christ, lived his life perfect and died for our sins once for all and we all have the opportunity to be declared righteous. Listen to how Paul explains this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So this whole matter of salvation is getting out of the first Adam and getting into the second Adam. Because you see, there's only one person on earth who is worthy to go to heaven. And that is Jesus, the second Adam. He's the only one that lived a perfect life and that can enter heaven. If I try to enter heaven, I tell you, my sin separates me. My sins say that I'm worthy of death, eternal death, and that I am separated from God forever. So how do I get into heaven? I have to get into heaven in the second Adam. My position must change from the first Adam to the second Adam. You see, that's why I'm saying it's not our condition that will save us. Our condition is all the same. We're sinners. But we need to be repositioned into Christ who is sinless and who is acceptable to God. We are repositioned into Christ by faith. We'll talk about how that happens tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.